everybody. I'm Father Jason Emerson, the rector of the Episcopal Church of the Nativity in Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. You have tuned in to the Nativity Podcast, where we explore the love of God through Scripture, reason, and tradition. Today, we are continuing our series on the Catechism of the Episcopal Church, or what Episcopalians believe. For a look at the entire Catechism, please check out the link in the show notes. Today, we are going to cover the section entitled Sin and Redemption. As we have seen already, the Catechism is in a question-and-answer format. The first question of the section is, what is sin? The prayer book's answer is, sin is the seeking of our own will instead of the will of God, thus distorting our relationship with God, with other people, and with all creation. The phrase, distorting our relationships, is really important, I think. When I was growing up in the Southern Baptist world, sin was defined as a short list of behaviors to avoid. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't cuss, don't have sex. Period. Now, the Southern Baptist Convention may officially define sin differently, but certainly that was the message that was conveyed to me as a young person. However, looking at the Episcopal definition... We have moved beyond a simple list of do this and don't do that. The list from my childhood could and probably was described as an outside evil tempting me away from God. However, sin comes from within. As Jesus says, it's not what enters the body that defiles it. Instead, it is what comes from within us. Our desire to advance our will especially when we exclude the will of others, and especially God's will, distorts our relationships. Our relationships become transaction. I'll love you if you do this or don't do that, instead of being based on unconditional grace. I love you because you are. Indeed, that is the love that is available to us from God. St. Paul writes that while we are still sinners, God loves us. So instead of a list of don'ts, we have one thing to do. Seek the will of God so that our relationships with God, each other, and all creation are based on love and grace instead of distorted transactions. The next question is, how does sin have power over us? And the answer given, sin has power over us because we lose our liberty when our relationship with God is distorted. Now, This seems counterintuitive. I mean, shouldn't our liberty grow from following our own will? Shouldn't our liberty be diminished? Shouldn't it shrink from following God's will instead of just doing whatever we want whenever we want it? It seems counterintuitive. However, true liberty is not doing whatever we want whenever we want. True liberty comes from love. When we love, we are freed from our base desires and even freed from our own will, allowing us more freedom to love even more. The scriptures testify that God is love. So the more we are caught up in God's will, the more we are caught up in God's love. However, it is really, really hard to let go of our own will. In fact, we can't do it on our own Which leads us to the next question. The Catechism asks, what is redemption? And answers, 
Redemption is the act of God which sets us free from the power of evil, sin, and death. We can't, on our own, heal the distortion of our relationship with God that comes from seeking our own will instead of God's. So it takes God acting to overcome our inability. The next three questions prepare us to discuss God's redeeming act. Next, the Catechism asks, how did God prepare us for redemption? And the answer given, God sent the prophets to call us back to himself, to show us our need for redemption, and to announce the coming of the Messiah. In the previous episode, or in a, in a previous episode, we talked about the Old Covenant, the covenant which God made with the people of Israel. This answer alludes to part of what we sometimes call the salvation history, the stories in the Hebrew scriptures tell of the prophets and sages who continually call the people back from distortion to clarity, from an, from an impaired relationship with God to an empowered relationship with God. We often think of prophets as fortune tellers, people who predict the future. However, prophets are truth tellers, specifically the true word of God as it pertains to what is happening right then and the consequences of the actions we take. So one of the things the prophets show us, like the Ten Commandments, is our need for salvation and consequently a Savior who is called the Messiah. Speaking of the Messiah, the next question is, what is meant by the Messiah? And the answer is, the Messiah is one sent by God to free us from the power of sin, so that with the help of God, we may live in harmony with God, within ourselves, with our neighbors, and with all creation. This question and answer pair point to the next pair, which in turn point to the next section of the Catechism. So let me go ahead and read the next question-answer pair. Then I'll close this section and preview what we will get into next week. The last question of the section is, Who do we believe is the Messiah? And the answer, The Messiah or Christ is Jesus of Nazareth, the only Son of God. So here we have a core tenet, a central belief, not only of the Episcopal Church, but of Christianity itself. We believe Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, who by his life, death, resurrection, and ascension, frees us from sin and restores us to a clarified relationship with God. Next week, we'll get into who this Jesus of Nazareth was, what he did, and why he's so important. The next section is entitled, God the Son. So we'll get into why that title is important as well and how it pertains to Jesus of Nazareth. That concludes our podcast today. Thank you very much for joining in. If you came to the podcast via Facebook, please like, comment, and share it around. If you are a subscriber through iTunes, we would really appreciate a five-star rating and review. I'm Father Jason reminding you that God loves you more than you can possibly imagine.